Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. And without further ado, it's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Duh. Doyle's back, everybody. Hey, it's episode 52 of the Meat and Potatoes podcast. <laughs> that is, this episode is going to get DMCA striked for that SpongeBob clip. <laughs> it's not really music. It's part of the episode. It's like a sound clip. Um, I was recording. I don't know what you're talking about, Doyle. I did that live. <laughs> I, I was recording it. Was Joe's it. rendition of SpongeBob. <laughs> it's so, it's, it was so long when I was recording it. I was like, how long does this go on for? But that's, of course... When you find out the Krabby Patty recipe. Correct. Yeah. Speaking of SpongeBob, did you know that I've heard it twice at the end of games now, and I wasn't even there, but I've heard it listening to like recordings of people talking or videos from the games at the Wells Fargo Center, that they play Sweet Victory after wins now, apparently, on like the uh, Jumbotron. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Didn't they play it at the Super Bowl? Yes, they did. Yeah, right. So I guess it's become the new hip meme thing. Only yeah, I guess like so, but I that song is <laughs> 24 that years be later. The victory song immediately after games. It should be the goal song. Right? It's too slow. There's too much of a build up. I know. Well, be better than ain't talking about love. Tell you that much. You know what else would have been better? If the Flyers a didn't win embarrass the outdoor game. Yeah, if they didn't embarrass themselves on a national stage. <laughs> Every single time. Uh, the press email had a stat. Um, where was it? I don't think I... Uh, the Flyers skated in their sixth outdoor game and moved to a 1-4-1 and record in those contests. The one, of course, uh, the Penguins comeback, which we were at in 2000. When was that? 19? Our uh, Super Bowl at the time, our Stanley Cup final. Yeah. All the rest of the games, forgettable. I feel like Danny Sivret scored in one of them. Yeah, that was the 2012 one. Yeah, just easily forgettable. Didn't look great. And uh, Danny Briere was... gifted a penalty shot to try to tie the game, and he blew it. <laughs> yeah, that was against the Rangers. Yeah, and freaking Mike Rupp did the Yager salute after he scored his like <laughs> first goal in 43 years. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's tough. The great times. I'm glad we have all these great memories to look back. Penguins, Penguins have Crosby scoring in the first Winter Classic, and the Flyers have Mike Rupp doing the Yager salute to rub it in our faces. Uh, well, it was a week. It was a week in Flyers hockey. I wouldn't say it was a good one or a bad one necessarily. The Flyers go one and two, uh, with their only win coming against Arizona. I guess that was a. I guess that was one, good. One and one, at Jeffrey. Oh, yeah, sorry. That was an overtime loss to Toronto. I really just gave up on that game and stopped paying attention to it as soon as it started. Uh, I watched next to zero of these games besides the outdoor one, so I have, like, nothing to offer here. Well, the Arizona game was fine. Um, I wanted to highlight the Flyers uh, are 17-8-3 against the West this season, so that's pretty good. If they could just play the West all the time, they'd be in a playoff spot definitively. 
Um, and Morgan Frost had a penalty shot goal, so that was cool. Um, and with that penalty shot goal, which is the Flyers' fourth penalty shot goal of the season, they have matched the most by a team in a single season in, in NHL history, joining da- the 13-14 Stars, the 05-06 Hurricanes, the 3-4 Wild, and the 97-98 Canucks. So, setting records with penalty shots. Isn't that exciting? That's something. Yeah, that it is. <laughs> yeah. Travis Konechny also had a multi-point game. At the 85th in his career, which is second since he joined the Flyers, to Claude Giroux. Uh, I just wanted to highlight the number of multi-point games that Claude Giroux had. That's 175. So, Konechny only has, uh, what, 90 more to go before he ties Giroux. Uh, that's a wild stat, and it just goes to show you how good Claude Giroux was at being <clears throat> a terrible captain for so long. Anyway, <laughs> boo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I didn't watch much of the Arizona game. Um, <clears throat> I was uh, a little uh, out of it on Monday night. That was Monday night, right? 2-12. Yeah. Um, when I say out of it, I mean I decided to take a little gum gum after work and not fell asleep. You got a blower from an old lady. Oh, no. An edible. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, it was. it's fine. The Flyers won. Uh, Arizona is a joke. They uh, are going to get bought by the NHL again, I guess, so they don't even. They get moved to Utah. Yeah. yeah. Salt Lake City. The Salt Lake City Coyotes. <laughs> Salt Lake City Mormons, the Salt Lake City Sister Wives. Uh, then the Flyers roll into Toronto, and that game was mostly highlighted by Austin Matthews rubbing the underside of his ball sack all over the Flyers' face. Uh, he really just kind of took over that game and did whatever he wanted. Yeah, that seems to be a th- the theme of late, because um, as we're recording this, the day after the Stadium Series game, uh, Toronto had another game themselves Saturday where Austin Matthews once again had another hat trick. So I was watching five. Yeah. I was watching the highlights of that game with my fiance. And when he scored his hat trick, like the announcers were like, this is Austin Matthews fifth hat trick of the season. (laughs) And she was like, like, he has already five. She's like, does anybody even have a hat trick on the body? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Uh, probably, but it just goes to show you. That's why the Leafs pay, uh, (laughs) <laughs> like half their salary cap to four people. So, oh yeah, you had Austin Matthews and I think Marner got the goal. Marner and Nylander got the goal in overtime. Um, yeah, then we watched that and we're like, I was like, all right, so do you think they're gonna get out of the first minute of overtime? <laughs> yeah, no, they lost the face off immediately. Yeah, <laughs> and then I saw them like revving up ice, and I was just like, here it comes. <laughs> uh, I I will say the Flyers uh, scored. Sandheim scored shorthanded in this game, so that uh, Flyers extend their lead in shorthanded goals this season. Um, and they're now tied for second in the NHL for most shorthanded goals by a team defenseman. So there you go. They're getting scoring from all over the place. And also, Konechny had a two-point game, uh, six shorthanded point of the season, which ranks him first on the team and second in the NHL. So Flyers shorthanded dynamos. It's just unfortunate that their power play is completely incompetent. So would that be his 86th multi-point game? Yeah, so the stats go game by game, and I was when I was copying and pasting them, I didn't put that together because I am what you would call hungover. 
a putz. <laughs> I have to duty. Um, Nick Sealer scored in the Toronto game too, so he's only raising his trade value before the deadline. That'll be great. Um, I feel like this was a good week for the Flyers in terms of setting up expectations at the deadline because they won in Arizona and everyone's like, hold everything. Don't make any trades. And then Toronto, they were like, get rid of everybody. And then after the Devils game, I think they're like, still get rid of everybody. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the Toronto game, they, it was a good battle to get a point out of. Um, the Devils game, I mean, it's outdoor. Yeah. Expected so... loss. Built yeah, in this, loss. At this rate, yeah. And my drunken rambling last night, it makes sense why you weren't responding to me and Joe just yelling at each other, Doyle, because you were there. But... Uh... <laughs> And my drunken rambling. I hate outdoor games. I don't like them. And not just because the Flyers are 1-4-1 one, and one in them. I just don't think like the the spectacle is worn off. I agree that the, the spectacle of what used to be the Winter Classic every um, New Year's Day, watching the only outdoor game of the season um, for the NHL, that idea no longer is a thing. Um, well, yeah, and they also just give it to Chicago like every other year now, I feel like, to play the Winter Classic. Yeah. Or some outdoor game. Right. I mean, with that said, I still, it, it's a nice change of pace. It's something in the 82-game season you can kind of circle, especially if like you're a team like the Flyers, who have suffered nothing but mediocrity for our entire lifetime. It's something that you can kind of build yourself up to look forward to. And it's, like I said, for the last stadium series, the one that was at the link where we won in overtime, um, last second comeback too to even get to overtime. That was like kind of like my Super Bowl in a way for the Flyers. Like that's the most excited, like celebratory event that i got to witness as a flyers fan um other yeah, memorable moments were like the uh three game comeback against boston and then uh throwing wristbands on the ice to celebrate our dead owner so all this to say the outdoor games i think every team should have one a year um do they have to be nationally broadcast and put on like a grand stage other than to just be supported by both teams? Maybe not, but I think every team should have one and it would obviously be more entertaining to go to the game um, and experience it in a live format as opposed to having to watch it on TV because yes, I agree that has become stale. I, I don't think it's cost effective to do an outdoor game for every team because I would imagine they talked about how much work it was to build the ice and put the whole thing together. There is a simple solution here we're overlooking. That's and it, why they're doing a two for one. Well, it, it ties in both things, what you said. One central location where everybody plays an outdoor game and it's in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Gary Bettman gets what he wants. The fans get 16 outdoor, outdoor games. Game. <laughs> Everyone's happy, you know? And the Blackhawks just that makes sweep too much sense, Jeff. The Blackhawks just sweep more scandals under the rug. But uh, I watching the game, I thought the ice looked like shit. Now, Joe, you had heard that everybody was saying the ice was the best it's been, but during the broadcast, uh, I heard them talking about snow accumulating because it was quote 
too cold, so you know what that means. Uh, the ice is not cold enough. It was actually too cold, Josh. <laughs> um, but then Charlie this morning, as I was looking for clips to tweet and um, saying that Sam Merson lost the game on purpose and then getting yelled at by somebody on Twitter, um, were saying that there was too much snow on the ice. The Flyers couldn't play in transition like they wanted to because the puck wasn't moving fast enough. And that was one of the reasons that they lost. Yep. Um, my la- <laughs> I went on a pretty nice drunken rampage live tweet in this game last night um, with some of the most idiotic tweets that I've ever had looking back on them this morning. Um, feel free to go check that out at Joey Digest on Twitter. Uh, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, the, well, Doyle, the- you saw the text message chain, so <laughs> it was just that but worse. <laughs> so the, la- the last tweet that I had was Ice Tilt. So, yeah. Yes. The the ice ended up being bad. Yeah, which I mean, when they're the trying too cold. When when they're like their explanation was that it's too cold, so it makes more snow. Like, what are you doing? This is the game that counts in the standings, and they're just like, well, it's too cold, too much snow. What do you want us to do? It's not like they can play this game indoors. It's not. Uh, I don't know. It was bad. I will. It's just in general, just disappointing. I feel like we should be used to this by now. Get all hyped up for the outdoor game. It's like, oh, this is great. We're going to have so much fun. And then immediately, Nico Heischer is like, nope, fuck you. Yeah, it wasn't even like 30 seconds into the game. And I was like, wow, this is how this is going to start off. Just really set the tone. And then I was looking at the FanDuel money lines, and it was like, Nico Heischer to score two goals. I was like, I can make like an easy 30 bucks. Did not bet it. Could have made the money, you know? Mm. Good thing I didn't bet $5 on Sean Walker scoring an anytime goal. Would have made nine hundred bucks, but uh, he didn't score because he stinks. <laughs> I also feel like that game, the Flyers gave up so many breakaways and just odd man rushes, which was very not in their usual character. No, they also took a lot of penalties. Yes, there was like a parade to the penalty box in the first period. Uh, their penalty, which I didn't copy and paste the notes. Their penalty kill was good. I think they were five for five. So yeah, being outside, that was like the longest first period I've ever watched in hockey. I was like, when is this going to end? No, you, you didn't enjoy the 26 degree temperatures? They interviewed. Actually, I didn't get like really cold until uh, the third period. They uh, they interviewed Garnet Hathaway and they were like, what's it like? And he's like, oh, it's, it's cold. It's <laughs> an excuse for being awful at everything he does. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm in one this morning. I'm angry. I'm hung over and mad the Flyers lost, and I stayed up until 11.30 to watch that garbage. I did you, uh, I don't, did you? I don't want to hear a fucking Did you stay up that. there, or did you drive home? No, we drove home, but Oof. like, I don't, I don't know if you either have experienced an event at MetLife Stadium before. I went to the, so uh, Dr. Mike's aunt used to have giant tickets at the Meadowlands, so I haven't been to the new one yet. But I've gone to the Meadowlands, and that whole area is just a barren wasteland of shit. They just, it is the worst. Not only getting in, like getting in is terrible, but not as bad. But getting out is just a nightmare. (laughs) There is nothing you can do, and you just sit there. And we probably got back. So the game started way after 8 o'clock. Of course. National yeah. broadcast. Yeah. It's like, yeah, why even advertise it as an eight o'clock game? Um, well, the, so then to to be to be fair, 
the uh, the <laughs> the gaslight anthem had to play the same riff while the devils walked out to their bench. So, well, yeah, they they played like a three second concert after the first period. I was like, oh, I gotta play like two and a half songs. I didn't even know they um, had more than one song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they played like the two. I don't I didn't know what the third one was, but. Well, I think they just put out, maybe they put out a new CD, I think. I'm not sure. The first they, song they played was an old one, which I enjoyed. Yeah. I mean, they, they do the Devil's Goal song. They are the Yeah, Devil's and then you got to hear their goal song all the time, which is a good song. But in that moment, I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah did they, Doyle, um, we'll get right back to. Uh, your experience of timing regarding how long it took you to get back home. But Gaslight Anthem, while we're on it, mm-hmm. did it sound good in the stadium? Because it sounded like a cat killing itself. On it the sounded podcast. like, so in the stadium, I guess, unless you, so the way that Gaslight Anthem stage was set up, it was like the 50-yard line, basically, facing like one the like one grouping of fans and they pumped all of the sound just in that direction <laughs> so and it sounded it like reverberate around i have yeah i have no idea it sounded like it sounded terrible yeah they, there was no way they could have tied them into the whole stadium sound system on such short notice so I mean, you would expect that they could at least tie them into um, the like production microphones for the broadcast because it sounded like they quite literally put the microphone that I'm using right now at center ice and just let that be what was going over to ABC. No, yell into it. Yell into the mic. Yeah, it did not sound good live either. Sir, yell in that direction. You know who... So. I was not just like slap back and everything. It yeah. was ridiculous. I was not impressed by the ass light anthem, but I was <laughs> impressed. And I, t- I texted Joe this and you, Doyle, but you didn't respond because you were there. The Joe Bros, certified bangers. I don't know how their concert came across in the stadium, but on TV, I was all I was all in. I was it wasn't it, it wasn't much better. It was good. I, I enjoyed the Joe Bros. I was making a cocktail and getting another zin during that performance so i was just i was belting out really... sucker for drew at the top of my lungs <laughs> i was surprised they played again did they play like the same songs as they did before the concert uh, before the game yeah i think they played at the was it the second i don't know by the second intermission i was pretty low yeah um, <laughs> they played the second intermission it was fine but uh, yeah, I mean, I was I watched the second intermission, but they played before the game too. I want to know. If oh, they did they? Songs. I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember the pre-game. I was watching Trailer Park Boys up until the game started. I <clears> turned <throat> it on when they were doing their stupid intros. They didn't um, broadcast the pre-game Jonas Brothers performance. Got oh, it. Okay. Yeah, you know who else? You well, being at the game, you were saved from hearing Max Weinberg dumb mouth speak words. <laughs> no, fucking Max I Weinberg. Oh no, they, they they played him over the PA. <laughs> Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. Max Weinberg stinks. Yeah, I was like, I was like, fuck this guy. Yeah, I was like, uh, I looked at Sarah and I was like, I'm going to say something here and I need to know if you're with me or not. But Bruce Springsteen kind of stinks. He has like five good songs. And she's like, I could see it. So fucking Max Weinberg, stupid drummer, your dumb son's drummer Slipknot, better than you in every regard. It was just... drummer of Slipknot. <laughs> oh, yeah, he left. All right, he left. Yeah. 
It was just crazy to me how much airtime he got. So Doyle he got you way just... too much time on the mic. And he had like, nothing. Yeah. It's not even like stop talking. He had nothing interesting to say either. He was like, "Oh, I like hockey. My daughter plays <laughs> hockey. <laughs> stop playing cue card, dickhead." Yeah, I mean, he had that whole opening sequence, um, which Doyle it sounds like it was all throughout the stadium, but then. Yeah. During yeah, and then he was like, and play. I'm back. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> while play was going yeah. on, they bought they did like the box and one for um with Kevin Weeks an interview with yeah. him. This is and why it, and it lasted like three minutes long too. That's why so, Conan didn't let you talk ever. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean I also just found it funny that it's like the this is like a, a grand stage for the NHL and we have Bruce Springsteen's drummer. <laughs> okay. yeah, and playing your national anthem, Steve it's Clarence Clemens's son, right? <laughs> they should have just brought up Steve Van Zant if they're going to go that way and bring him out as Silvio from The Sopranos. Uh, I so I I saw that uh, I think it's Clarence Clemens's son played the the national anthem on the saxophone. Now that okay, so I was trying to figure out who that was. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, so the T I forget his first name, but his last name was Clement. So I assumed that he was was the big guy's son or somebody in the family. Now that uh rendition, not great either. So really just oh for everything the NHL is with the outdoor game. Also, I don't know if they aired, like played the Gary Bettman interview over the PA, but uh they were like, now we'll talk to Gary Bettman. And like as the game's going on, like the devil score, and Gary's like, "Oh, well, that's interesting. Did you know we're playing an outdoor game in Ohio?" And everybody was like, "No one fucking cares." Yeah, they had like a really weird transition over to Gary, where I think it was like they were trying to make some slight as a joke, um, <laughs> like talking about like a boss scenario. Um, and then the, whoever was with Gary Bettman at the time when they passed it over, um, the interviewer was like, oh, was that directed at us? <laughs> <laughs> and then he like gave it over to Gary to basically be like, yeah, Devils just scored. That was fun. We have another outdoor game in Ohio where <laughs> no one watches hockey. <laughs> well, they've never gotten an outdoor game. So this is big. No, it's not. Nobody from Columbus deserves anything nice. Ohio sucked. Sorry, Leonard. Um, yeah. Uh, the 2025 Winter Classic is now the Red Wings and Blue Jackets. Talk about two teams I want to watch less on at, at any time, let alone outdoors. Red Wings kind of makes sense. Yeah, the, I, yeah, the Red Wings does. Um, the state of the Columbus Blue Jackets is pitiful to say it kindly. So they're on their Danny Briere path. Um, I would have rather what John Bouchergrass was looking. Uh, for an announcement with uh, Michigan versus Ohio State men's ice hockey would play prior to the Columbus-Detroit game. Um, but it sounds like that got axed, which is sad. Yeah. Well, That'd the NHL's cool. still missing. Flyers-Penguins at Beaver Stadium would be huge. But again, fumbling the bag. Yeah, Flyers-Penguins, and you can lead up to it with a, a Penn State game. They got a great hockey team. Yep, and but awful shower doors. Anyway, let's talk about um, <laughs> the entrances to the games. The Devils came in dressed as people from North Jersey, and the Flyers yes. came in dressed as Rocky. I thought that was uh, very well done. 
Yeah, here's the yeah. problem. Rocky is a loser. All right? He lost in the first movie. Right? All right, what about the second movie? That doesn't matter. The whole franchise the is built. Movie? The whole franchise is built on him being what a loser. About the fourth movie. The entire franchise is what built the on the back movie? of him being a loser. <laughs> Philly sports stars he, are the worst. You have Rocky, the boxing loser. You he, have defeated uh, communism. Vince, you have movie. you have Vince Papali, uh, who I guess tried out for the Eagles and made it, and you think it's like a great story until they just like lost a regular season game with him playing. And you have Tony Danza, the garbage picking, field goal kicking eagle um who just kicked field goals but philly sports stars suck do you always hate your life Jeff, yes every day yeah i i wake up like this <laughs> also the sopranos suck because they couldn't even write an ending to the show they just decided to let the screen go black he's dead or yeah. is he I'm Don't pretty stop. sure the, the uh, director has answered that question a bajillion times at this point. If they didn't black out the screen, he would he would have stuffed Gabagool in all the gunshot holes and went to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop believing. Uh, you just hate that show because Drew has gone to Soprano Con every year for the past decade. <laughs> he, yes, and he was like, I'm. Do you want to interview, like, I forget. I think it was, like, Christopher Rivers' wife. And I was like, no. Why would we want to talk to her? It may be an interesting interview, Jeff. Yeah. Not about yeah. A, not on a hockey podcast. It doesn't have... Do you know how much fucking not hockey we talk about in the summer? Uh, we're talking about a lot of hockey right now. Christopher, yeah. you sad <laughs> on him. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, my recap of the outdoor game is that the Philly sports stars are a bunch of losers and the Flyers should never play outside ever again. By the way, did you even name one real Philly sports star? Vince Papali is a real Philly sports star. Okay, I wasn't sure who else you named because the other two were definitely fake. Rocky, Vince Papali, Tony Danza, and Smarty Jones, the horse, who was going to win the Triple Crown but then broke his leg. Right? Who else? Who else is there? You know who isn't a star? Creed. <laughs> Since the... F <laughs> Flyers are now 0-2 in the Sean Couturier captain era. So I think it's time to draw comparisons to... It's time to strip the sea, everybody. I think everybody. it's time to draw, draw comparisons to how bad Sean Couturier is a captain as to how bad Claude Giroux is a captain. So. Yeah, I mean... Um... We we haven't won a game no. since leadership has been brought brought back into the organization. Um, it's not just a sour look on the captain himself, Sean Couturier, but also the organization as a whole. John Tortorella made this decision. Um, who employs John Tortorella? Uh, Danny Breer and Keith Jones. So it's really just a, a mess top to bottom. Uh, we're right back where we were two years ago. Don't know what we're doing. Uh, we'll probably never just, recover. And just spinning. Life just spinning will spinning and suck. Well, so uh, it's... Oh, by the way, hold on. Before oh. we move too far away from the outdoor game, because I still have to complain about my travels home. Okay, yeah, yeah go ahead. Um, that was we're only there... a 30-minute segue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, were there any great clips of Torts on the bench? Because I didn't get to see anything like the such at the game. Every time that they cut to him, he just kept getting 
um like, drier and drier <laughs> around the nose um and he kept just having that stern like you gotta be kidding me look uh they really only cut to him after penalties yeah so that i think has some bias involved but no honestly no they didn't really like I don't think they had any like um, bench side interviews with him. I don't believe that they cut to him after like any goals where he would be like potentially uh, lip syncing like the F word or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of limited from what I saw. Yeah, they didn't and give him a floor, other, really. The other thing that wasn't like, I mean, it was cool, but also just sucked was the Gaslight Anthem literally played that song live every time they scored. Oh, it was live. Yeah. Ugh. Yuck. Gross. If yeah. it sounded... Uh, it sounded know, way better than their actual performance. Got it. Got yeah. It. So what you're saying, Doyle, is it was recorded, a recorded play of the song similar <laughs> to what they play in Newark, New Jersey, and the Athlete Anthem... Um, just uh, looked like they were playing live. It's possible. Yeah. It might have been the music might have been real. They might have been lip syncing. No, it's no usher at the Super Bowl performance, but then again, who no. is? Yeah, uh, they, were they, they on did, roller skates? They they did show no, John Tortorella a number of times. Not really anything too salacious, but I did enjoy that his eight hundred and fifty dollar jacket uh, wasn't warm enough, so he had to wear a hoodie <laughs> underneath it. <laughs> and he just looks so dumb with his hoodie popping. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a great sales pitch for people who are like, I'm on the fence about this eight hundred and fifty dollar jacket. Is it warm? Twitterell was is like, it, No, not at all. Yeah. Is it worth it? <laughs> no, not at all. It's uh, it was awful. It's an awful jacket, and you shouldn't spend eight hundred fifty dollars. And if you do, you're an idiot. Yeah. You know how much yeah. you can buy for eight hundred and fifty dollars? Yeah, you could have bought one outdoor ticket game. Or one outdoor game ticket for to see the Flyers lose. What's an outdoor ticket game, Jeff? Oh, dude, I don't know. Listen, why you gotta do this? Dyslexia. All right. So okay. So back to the parking. Right. <laughs> Another five minute segue. That's a total of thirty five minutes for the folks counting at home. Yeah. For everybody who's just been patiently waiting for me to go off on the parking situation at MetLife Stadium, dude, it took like over an hour to get out of there yeah like we well, just sat and then by the time that i actually got home when you were complaining about going to bed at eleven thirty, <laughs> i didn't get home until like two i think that uh i forget it might have been the super bowl at metlife or maybe it was they did like a wrestlemania there but somebody took a picture of the sign in the lobby of of their hotel that was like you cannot walk to metlife stadium like do not go on the highways you need to take the the bus and people were like well this is ridiculous how are you supposed to get there and i was like you guys don't know the layout of that place where there's like two roads in and that's it yeah it really is there's like literally two roads in and then they only have like the and then they have the fucking mall like right next to it <laughs> Yeah, I MetLife, which looks like a pretty cool mall, but like, oh my god, I just the driving there would just make me want to kill myself. Yeah, Doyle, I also I, like how they were that close to New York, and they were like, "This is Jersey," and you're like, eh, it's mostly New York guys. That's it's basically it's, basically it's New Jersey. York. Yeah. Um, Doyle, I've heard in the past, <clears throat> excuse me, that 
you can't really tailgate at MetLife. Is that accurate? There was definitely people tailgating. I mean, we went to like uh, we went to like a brewery and a bar beforehand to get like food. Um, and by the time we got to like park, we just walked in. But the, when we were driving around earlier, there was definitely people out like tailgating. Got it. Okay, noted. I've I don't know why I've like continued to hear that rumor from people who have gone up to experience I feel like, like equals games but i feel like i heard that too that they were yeah. not not that they didn't allow tailgating but like the tailgating setup wasn't good yeah i mean but to be like there's nothing it doesn't look very good from what yeah where i was like walking around it's nothing like an eagles game if you walk too far in the wrong direction you just sink into swamps <laughs> yeah i have no interest in going up there I, every every single time that I hear anybody going to MetLife, they are they just have a miserable experience. It's like uh, a boring stadium too. There's like no since they don't have allegiance to one team, they kind of just like it's just plain boring. It's you just, see the, like yeah. the ring of honor of both teams. So it's, it's yeah. like oh the the Jets and then uh, there's the Giants too. That doesn't really make sense. Generic football team stadium one in Madden. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Did were how was the crowd? Because on the broadcast, it sounded like there were a lot of people there, but then they kept having like different camera angles that were not all too um, fleshed out in the sense that it sh it highlighted a lot of empty seats. So did they like section off parts of the stadium that were like nobody could like sit there? Yeah, directly behind the Jonas Brothers stage, which was like a lower level section, they there was no seats, like no nobody was sitting down there. Um, some of like the upper, like top level, where there was like some empty seats, but I'd say overall it was pretty full. Gotcha. Probably like a sixty forty split of like Devils Flyers fans. Oh, that's good. It definitely sounded a little bit over the broadcast, and it could have just been the bias of ABC in general, um, and Ray Ferraro continuously shitting on the Flyers. Oh yeah, Ray Ferraro um, hates Philadelphia. But the outdoor games—it's—it's it's another thing that suffers. It's that everyone's so far away from the game that, like, unless you like skillfully mic the crowds, it doesn't sound like anyone's there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, it was, sounded it was like there were more levels there. Well, yeah, because the Devils only had to the Devils fans only had to drive like twenty minutes because there's only like one county's worth of Devils fans in New Jersey. Yeah, but we talked about this the other week, Jeff. That that we we I still don't know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they were hired actors in the stand because <laughs> I don't know where Devils fans come from. Yeah, because everybody that I know from Crisis North actors. Jersey is an Islanders or Rangers fan, and everybody from South Jersey is a Flyers fan. So that means the only people that can be Devils fans come from quite literally the hard-hitting streets of Newark. Yeah, it's, it's Mercer County and Essex County are the only places that there's Devils fans. I met one Devils fan in South Jersey my entire life. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He stunk. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> he was a hired actor, too. They've been planning this for decades. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many. They've hired so many actors that they just haven't gone to the games. Yeah. Except this one. 
the <laughs> like I feel like Gary Bettman is like Jonas Brothers. I need you to just really hit home how big of Devils fans you are. And they're like, who? And he was like, look, this is your paycheck. And they're like, oh, yeah, we love the Devils. Yeah, we really need the Jonas Brothers to to get us some extra ticket sales to this game. Yeah, Nothing gets me more excited than finding out the Jonas Brothers like my team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so, yeah. Um, Couturier named captain. I we could segue back to this one. Weird timing, right? That was like about 15 minutes of a yeah, segue. Were, say, so. but, awful yeah. segue. Yeah, I wonder why they picked middle of the week before the stadium series game to announce. Probably to have it ready for the stadium series game. To announce or, an announcement that didn't need to be announced. Yeah, I, I actually, Doyle, you're probably right that they wanted it to be something ready for the stadium series game. But there's two things to the announcement overall that kind of Sean Couturier is what's being put on the pedestal, but the the actual like impact comes with the alternates. And that is Travis Konechny gets the A, um, probably something that needed to be like done as a, as a show of good faith um leading up to conversations regarding extension um and then also you give another a to fall behind the c because you're about to lose the only a on the team prior to which is scott lawton that was my thought i thought they were doing this and then briere was going to announce that they traded lawton to the rangers for kako in the second round pick yeah, how would you feel about that trade? If that were to be what happens. If the Rangers took Scott Lawton? Yeah. See ya. Well, See I ya. mean, I'm not talking about him getting traded. I'm talking about what you're getting back for him. Oh. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know. Capo Caco doesn't really do it for me. Maybe he just no? needs a change of scenery. Yeah, he's only yeah, but we already have like 3,700 wingers <laughs> in this organization. Yeah, but I think Kako can play down the side where they don't have a lot of wingers. It's a left wing, I think, right wing, whichever one. Yeah, I I mean, he has 40 points on the season already, it looks like. Uh, how many points is... Year, sorry. Oh, let's... Well, I want to see. Let's yeah, he's see. been, he's he only been has in a big exact, old slump this year. Yeah, he's pretty. he's pretty down bad right now. Um, I would, I would, um, I would be fine with it because last year the price tag on Scott Lawton was a first round pick and we didn't take it. Um, so this year, if you can get another young player that kind of fits into the mold of the team that you're, you're crafting, regardless of the position, I mean, strictly from like an age and development perspective, um, he's, you can get him on the cheap and you get a second round pick as well. So the Rangers first round pick would be probably fairly late. I yes. don't know like I don't know if there's too much of a difference there. Um I would I would be very much okay with that trade. Uh right now I don't think you're going to get the first round price tag that you looked at previously for Lawton strictly because 
he himself is in a pretty down year. Right. And yeah. it's not that I don't like Scott Lawton. It's that uh, Joe and I talked— The only thing that really helps him is that they really set the market with uh, what's-his-face? Um, Sean Monahan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, not, it's not that I don't like Scott Lawton, but Joe and I talked about this last week. Basically, like you look at the long-term plans, and is Scott Lawton going to be a guy you keep around— and we both thought the answer was no. So, like, if you trade him to potentially get Kako, who has upside, he was drafted second overall. So, like, the talent's there. Um, is he now Yakupov? Maybe. But you already know what you have in Scott Lawton. It's not probably not going to get better. Stay the same. But, you know. If there was a player right now that is, like, kind of in a slump, who is young and plays a position that the Flyers need... I would be gunning for Anton Lundell. That's a, the Panthers. That's a name I don't know anything about. Let's see. Sweet. He's born in Sweden. And uh, oh, nope, that's the wrong Anton Lundell. He's retired. Oh, Jesus you. Christ! Damn you, Internet. Let's see. Lundell has. Seven goals and 16 assists. So 23 points. Not bad. Lawton has 25 points. So from a, like a point standpoint, you're not losing that much. He pretty much. Yeah. Lawton yeah. has two more assists. So Lindell is also 22. Yeah. That's a, that's a big plus. 6-1. Oh, he's a beefy boy. And he's the center. Yeah. So, all right. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Make the trade. Danny, do it. <laughs> I'm we said to make the trade. Dan, you, <laughs> so you make that trade. Obviously gonna happen. You make that trade. I'm calling you. I'm leaving you this voicemail. I'm coming, Dan! <laughs> <laughs> that was actually Doyle driving up to the stadium series game. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so Couturier's captain, long time coming, um, I guess. Not the best two games to start his captaincy. Yeah, yeah I mean. Obviously lost the locker room. Yeah, <laughs> you you couldn't give it to him when he was um, laying bed rest with a broken back. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it the timing kind of makes sense. However, <laughs> I did have this thought uh, during the Toronto game, um, where I think Couturier got like hit immediately like on his first shift (laughs) just thinking could you imagine getting the c put on your jersey only to end back up in the like icu he gets Um, to be in a back brace again he gets prongered yeah congratulations you're captain you'll never play again (laughs) um i i wouldn't expect anyone else to like outside of maybe looking at Scott Lawton in the beginning of the season or like the way that he finished his season last year, um, like announcing that Scott Lawton would be the captain uh, in the off season. But as we had just discussed, looking at his contract and like his kind of narrative looking forward uh, for a spot on this team, um, he seems a little bit less likely to be here for the long term. Um, compared to a guy like Sean Couturier, who's already wrapped up for the next like decade, basically. So, and if you believe Tortorella, he didn't want to give Couturier the C too early in the season because it was the pressure of coming back from being off for two years, right? And him trying to overcompensate and blowing out his back again. So now, instead, he waited until the stretch run of the playoffs for Coots to overcompensate, and he's going to blow his back out. 
He already has a broken knee from a Toronto slash. <laughs> oh, oh, did you of... see? Did you guys talk about when Tortorella flipped off the camera last week? Uh, yeah, the crusty vet. Yeah, the C stands for crusty. Yeah, crusty <laughs> coots. <laughs> the biggest compliment a guy can have. Yeah, he's a crusty old guy. He's a crusty old man, that guy, Couturier. Let me tell you. So that's, I mean, it's fine. He was going to be the captain anyway. Connecting was the sexy pick. I mean, he but... was like the obvious choice. Yeah. TK like was the sexy been pick. With the team but he's not. Yeah. 2011. He's has an eight year contract. Yeah. Well, they were, so they, I was reading one of the interviews and he's like, well, I got to see, like, <laughs> I got to see Chris Pronger be captain and Jabru be captain. So I learned a lot from them. And you're like, holy shit. Couturier has been around for so long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chris Pronger, what could have been? He was just a wee lad when they beat the Penguins in the playoffs that year. Chris Pronger, this, this is like the Flyers Harambe moment was Chris Pronger getting slashed in the eye. What could have been if Chris Pronger didn't get hurt and then the Flyers tried to overcompensate for losing him by just throwing money at trash? <laughs> yeah, by, by trying to get any defenseman to help him. <laughs> Nick Grossman, Pavel Kabina, please help us. <laughs> please. Please. We have a window, and we need you to be Chris Pronger. And Nick Roseman's just like, uh, you didn't even get the name right on my jersey, guys. There's yeah. two ends in it. <laughs> um, since this episode is filled with terrible transitions, you can probably just title it that, Jeff. Um, back to uh, something. Terrible transitions, much like the game that took place <laughs> hey, outside. Nice. Terrible transitions. <laughs> Much like um, the game that took place outside on Saturday. That's the title. Just this segue uh, is about probably 45 minutes running now, but back to uh, hat tricks in the NHL this season. Uh, the Flyers have none. I just looked that up. Oh, thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you, anytime. Jeff. Anytime. You're going to have to time stamp that, uh, Jeff. Yeah, can you actually cut that part out, bring it all the way back to 45 <laughs> minutes ago? Um, I'm sure you're, you're yeah, capable of doing these. No this hat badge. tricks from Joe. 47-15. Um, <laughs> they, there are uh, 73 hat tricks uh, this year. And the Flyers far. have none? And none. Austin Matthews has five? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. He's six now. <laughs> Did he score another hat, hat trick? Yeah, that's what Joe was saying. Oh, I yeah, thought yes, I thought yes, his for Jesus. Oh yeah, you did say that. Uh, um, listen, there's a lot going on here. I got to manage a soundboard. Fuck, he had guy. three before November fourth. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, watching the Leafs game, you're like, man, the Flyers had a guy like that. That's <laughs> fucking. But they won't because Mitch Cobb's never coming over from Russia. So, just get ready for that one, guys. Oh, Speaking shit. of people coming over, um. Are we getting a goalie this week after no. last night's performance? Listen. Yeah, they're going to get the kid from uh, the KHL. Kolzov? Yeah. Anything. I mean, listen. Cal Peterson, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he tips well, but I don't want to see him play hockey. <laughs> I'm sure he tips well. What is the screenshot? Uh <laughs> Fart. Somebody Carter replaced Hart. the H on the Carter Hart jersey. Yeah, I... I also, before you got in, Doyle, I was saying that there was a 
a part on the broadcast where they're talking about the flyers and like the announcers were doing cartwheels trying to figure out how to talk about the flyers goalie situation without mentioning carter hart <laughs> oh my god that's ridiculous they're like sam urson is gonna be the guy down the stretch and he's played games this year and he's gonna be their number one now gonna became the number one in the middle of the season so put a lot on him <laughs> You're like, why? Yeah, we don't why know did what he happened to that other guy. He kind of just went away. Why did he become the number one, Ray Ferraro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're just gonna stick with Peterson and then hope hope Kolosov gets some AHL stuff and then maybe start throwing him in. Who knows? Well, they no keep way. they keep no saying. Yeah, uh, I I think Doyle, they keep saying the right thing, and that's Briere and Jones are like winning's nice, but like don't lose sight of of what we're doing here. Like by the well, trade yeah, deadline, but they also are gonna said that you could probably see one of these goalies sooner rather than later, and he's like the only one that can actually get here. Yeah, or they reassign Steve Mason, bring him out of retirement. Maybe. Hey, like hey, hey, no shade on Steve. They've, Steve Mason catches so many strays in I this like fan Steve Mason. Base. He was Steve Mason was a great goalie. Yeah. yeah. Great. Barring barring one Brandon Manning incident, the Flyers could have been in the playoffs. So <laughs> he had one awful showing when he let a goal in from center ice. But other than that Oh, everyone's done it. Patrick Waugh did it. Yeah, but and they rewarded that, him by making him coach of the Islanders. So come on. If you look at the team that was in front of him, he uh he performed very way well. well above his bakery. Yeah, yeah. His stats. Uh, so I, when I was on a puck off with uh, Mike Bond and Dale, they did like the, they did the trivia question. It's like, who leads, what are the top five goalies in Flyers wins? You mean scuttle puck? Yeah. What did I say? I said puck off. Puck oh off. yeah. That's Joe Bartnick. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. You can't even credit the guys, right? Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, Shut up. Oh my God. All right, this is a this is a formal apology. Shut up! All right, this is a formal apology because, uh, in all likelihood, uh, the guys over at Scuttlepuck are um, listening to this podcast. So we. I just I just did Jeff. I did that whole intro Mike just Bond, to say that I am very sorry for Jeffrey's actions. I just did statements. that to say that Steve Mason was third in the Flyers wins and he was actually very good at a very bad time. All right. That's all. Okay, yeah. Just... Yeah. I mean, he was a Vesna candidate. Yeah. He won the Vesna in Columbus or no, he won rookie of the year. In Columbus. Of the year. Yeah. 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 And he was left-handed, which was crazy. Everyone was like, Whoa, you're catching from the other side guy. That's crazy. Doyle, um, this might lead into actually. This is a. Tr I'm just gonna say this is an episode all about transitions. Jeff, can you play the AHL news stinger? Oh yeah, hold on. AHL news with Joe. <laughs> so Doyle, I'm starting to think that you actually might be right regarding the goalie situation in Philadelphia because as it currently stands, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms are nowhere close to a playoff spot. And so the idea of getting Pedersen um, back to Lehigh Valley for like a playoff run and you bring somebody else in for a potential Flyers <laughs> playoff run uh, does not seem likely. Uh, so getting Pedersen that playoff potential experience, even though I would expect Arison uh, to start most of those games, if not all, should we get to a, a series, um, would probably be deemed more valuable than not. So... 
Um, with that said, I think I'm now back on the train of not getting a goalie and they're not going to bring anybody over and we will not make the playoffs and it will be sad. Um, also, all of this to say the Phantoms had only one game this week. Last <laughs> night they lost uh, two to one. Um, and in other AHL news, there was, I, I think I tweet or sent it to you guys in a text, but I think, let me try to find this here. Stalling, 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 still stalling. So much stalling. Okay. Um, here we go. <clears throat> there was a first career shutout last evening in the AHL, um, the Rockford I forget Ice Hogs. Yes, yes. Uh, Jackson Stauber, he had a goalie goal as well, um, which was just like his dad, uh, who scored a goalie goal um, on October 9th, 1995, 10,358 days later, his son, Jackson, netted one of his own. Cool. Right. I think he's that's pretty cool. I think Jackson yeah, that's, he spelled cool. his name with an X, so I, I don't <laughs> like him. <laughs> and that's AHL News with Joe. <laughs> uh, that was that was good. Uh, Thank you. We Thank also you. I worked very hard for that one. I know Jesse Pool Party was in the AHL too. He signed a contract with somebody. I remember that. We didn't bring that up. I don't think. I think we forgot yeah, we about it. We brought that up a while ago, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, no, that happened like no, a month No, that ago. he was in a tryout, but he officially signed a contract. He's back in the NHL. Yeah, well, it was with the same team that put him on the tryout. Well, you're in the same team that put him on the tryout, so how yeah, about was, that? Jesus. I, I think it's the Wilkes-Barre Penguins. Pretty sure. Oh. Yes, that's exactly who it was. The Flyers could have used a Jesse Pool party. You know why? It's because uh, one blubbering whale of a beat writer pointed out that Farabee and Frost have less power play goals than Shane Gostas Bear, so... Yeah, what a dumb tweet. <laughs> the numbers tell a story, and <laughs> the n- Shane Gossespierre <laughs> has 20 power play points, and these two guys only have 14 combined. <laughs> like, that okay, cool, thanks. Should not yeah. have traded. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. That, that freaking walrus. Should I not- need to start just blogging critiques of the walrus. Should um, not have traded six years ago. I remember the Flyers got rid of him because, you know, in five seasons from when they traded him, he was going to have six more points than Farabee and Frost on the power play. Uh, I hate him. That's such a stupid. Uh, but to the bigger point, he did. He made a point unintentionally. I don't think he was going for it. But the Flyers' big guns are not scoring at any sort of of pace. Trying to put together the bold prediction responses this week, uh, Doyle, we picked for you that Farabee would have two goals. He had one assist. Joe, you said Couturier would have five points. He had one assist. I said Noah Cates would have three points. He had one assist. Are you seeing a trend? <laughs> yeah, the we're Farabee... not good at bold predictions. Yeah, and the Flyers aren't good at getting points. <laughs> the Faraby thing is starting to kind of like linger with me um, in a n- very negative way, not in a positive way, like the Cranberry song. Um, but he, I'm really starting to think that he might because he, he looks like he tries, like from an eye test perspective, <laughs> he gives he 110. Like he tries so fucking hard <laughs> and he just he can't do it. Um, he, he's having a pretty tough uh, last couple of weeks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been playing like, uh, like decent. But yeah. Right. He is in a big old slump right now. Yeah. 
Atkinson showed a flash there. He went back to awful. Um, so yeah, like, he had like one, two good games. Jamie Drysdale <laughs> took the team by storm at first. Now he's cooled off. Like Ristolainen uh, was not hurt, but now he's out for seven months. So like, who knows what's happening there? He was sick, then he was hurt. <laughs> yeah, that was so strange. Uh, and they didn't really cover longer. that. They didn't really cover that much, and I'm surprised that like the insiders didn't try to get more information on that like the lie the goalie uh podcast yeah um, they didn't make up a story yeah because like kevin hayes they very much were public about him missing the game last weekend for being sick and then this week he got put um on was yeah. it ir did he get put on the ir i don't even think they put him on ir he might have okay. just got put on, but like, who would have thought in the summer of pandering, Danny Briere would also bring back the old medical staff? Because you, <laughs> no, he's fine. He's gonna play. Hey, he's out for three weeks. <laughs> was it? He's sick, and then it's like, uh, actually, he's gonna be out for like a week. And they're like, actually, just kidding. He might be out for a month. Yeah. yeah. Bad. Bad news you... for the trade deadline. Uh, Tr- anyway. Trying to draw um, Pepe Silvia. Uh, connections here (laughs) um when carter hart got sick on that west coast trip and then continued to kind of have bouts of undisclosed diarrhea uh, forever games missed you have to look at his current situation and wonder if the flyers organization as a whole knew that they were uh, fucked to put it lightly with Carter Hart and thus decided to actually just keep him out of games to get Sam Arison more time and get him into a rhythm knowing that Carter Hart wasn't going to be playing hockey ever again. Are you telling me this is a that's all I can play for copyright strike purposes but Sunday February 18th <laughs> my mom's birthday oh, happy birthday Joe's mom yeah, that's the day before my birthday Oh, look at that. Hey, happy pre-birthday to Doyle. Yeah, happy. Uh, with that happy, said, I, I do have to hop in like five minutes. Oh, my God, God. Yeah, so let's wrap this up. All right, so Ristolainen's hurt. Forrester's hurt. Uh, Cam York could be hurt. Couturier isn't hurt. Uh, Flyers' playoff chances are hurt as well. Yeah, they are. They are uh, dwindling. All right. Yeah, every, everybody in the Met won yesterday, too. The Capitals won, obviously. The Devils, it's a four-point swing. So, um and we have the devils have two games in hand on us and i'm pretty sure um the hurricanes who also won last night have a couple games in hand on us as well so not looking great uh the flyers week ahead has to be a a pretty important one and you said that but bad news the flyers play three games this week upcoming week wednesday against the blackhawks at a normal time so they have a chance of winning that and then saturday and sunday they play back-to-back three o'clock matinees which are pretty much losses because one's against the rangers and one's against the penguins so bad news guys is what we're looking at we're going one and two so with joe needing to leave we'll jump right to bold predictions for this upcoming week joe what do you think is going to happen this week in Flyers hockey? Um, I think just knowing where my mind has now switched back to, um, thanks to Doyle, regarding Cal Peterson's stance as the uh, goalie number two in this exactly. organization for the uh, remainder of the season. I believe that Cal Peterson will have a start, obviously, in one of these three games, and he will post a shutout. 
Oh. Whoa, that's a bold prediction. <laughs> it's very bold. <laughs> Want to know what team he's going to shut out, but all right. Doyle, your your bold prediction of the week. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, let's see. I'm going to go with a, I want to say the Flyers get two shorthanded goals this week. Mm, that'd like be that. extend their lead i like it i will go with uh we just talked about joel farabee on the schneid i say joel farabee gets four points also a bold prediction i yes. think that he's ready to break out just in time for he's the flyers one in his last five yeah. it would it would go pretty well seeing that i just said that he doesn't look like he has the talent to do what yeah. he needs to do on the ice That's which why. is very classic joe um to have him probably go on a tear i'm week. showing faith because that person on twitter thought i was mean for saying sam Erson lost on purpose so <laughs> yeah he was getting a lot of hate last night on twitter yeah, he had a rough game, but it's outdoors, you know? It's angles are weird, shadows are different. It's a, a hard thing to account for. Yeah, and MetLife too, I believe, just because it's like how large it is compared to a lot of the other stadiums that they host stadium series in, within, um the depth of like perception uh for how far away like the stands were based on like the ice level was even worse for oh, wow. um, goalies they were kevin weeks was talking about that pregame well um, well the goalie i never heard of for the devils played fine yeah i was gonna say it didn't slow down nico dawes so that's take it for <laughs> take it for what you will and with that uh, i got two words for you all right so are we done here today so joe can hop do you want to do movies doyle or do you want to let joe go and keep hanging out I'll do I'll do a quick movie. All right, Joe, if you it's need to leave, you can, too. all right? No, it's all good. Go for it. All right. Doyle watches movies and then rates them. All right, so this is a series on Netflix called American Nightmare. Oh, Sarah's watching this right now. Yeah, don't know if you heard it, but it was the, like, gone girl story of uh, this poor lady in uh, California, I believe, somewhere, where... She was abducted and raped, and the police did not believe her and thought that she, like, staged all of it. Um, Wait, is this a Carter Hart documentary? <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you get to see how incompetent the police are, which is great, and how the FBI also did not do their job. So it was a good watch, though. All right. Out of uh, uh, 40 men who need help moving a couch into their van, what would you rate it? <laughs> uh, I would give it a 31.3 repeating. God damn! So there you go. Watch American Nightmare. That's the Cody Rhodes documentary on Netflix, of course. <laughs> Now, I'd like to just take these final half hour and go over the WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Joe and I will both leave. <laughs> uh, well, after another week of Flyers hockey, one game outside that was a... <laughs> on the ice. 
the Flyers need to lick their wounds and get back at it because this upcoming week doesn't get any easier for them having to play the Rangers in Pittsburgh. So hopefully they turn it around. Sam Merson gets back on his rebound control. Doesn't look like a lost lamb. Maybe they get Kolosov. Who knows? Maybe Scott Lawton's traded. Maybe they do it on Saturday. So he just has to take his bag and go over to the Rangers locker room. Who knows, you know? Yeah, I don't maybe know. Sean Walker's traded too. Oh, that's he's going to sign the 8x8 now that Risto's hurt. But we don't want to get there. We'll get into that <laughs> next week. So everybody, thanks for listening. If you uh, go to mpflyerspod.com, there's a blog there now. And uh, that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> One blog. That Blogs previewed. coming at you every, <laughs> every whenever Joe and a half, like. Every 3.3 <laughs> repeating weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're there. You just read it's them. Something. Keep reading them. And, uh, I'm telling you, you have to post the Excel sheet, the bold predictions Excel sheet as like a pinned blog. <laughs> well. If you don't like Joe's blogs, then you're a... You shoe idiot. (laughs) Good night, everybody. On behalf of all of us here at Meat Potatoes, good fight, good night.